Rugby League fans, welcome to the NRL Back 3 podcast. Squid, Coach and LJ bring you bands from the week that was and the week ahead. Boys, we just had Origin 2. What a fucking spectacle, boys. Good weekend all round. Loving the games on Sunday night, but felt like there's something missing. Didn't have anything to watch Saturday and Thursday. And Friday night, decided to put on the Women's League. And got to say, got the best sleep of my life on Friday night. Went to bed straight away. Squid, what about yourself? Had a pretty low-key weekend as there wasn't much uh, rugby league on until Sunday night, but it did not disappoint and it delivered something fierce. Managed to get myself around to LJ's place and he brought something different to the party this week, a little bit of nostalgia. Got Alex the Kid on PS5 and that was a beautiful pregame for the lads to uh, kick off before the main kickoff. And then we obviously got into Origin and that was B-E-A-utiful. Fantastic. How good. And speaking of how good, boys, I'll kick us off this week. Uh, Origin 2, of course. So um, I was pleasantly surprised, and this is the first time I've taken notice of how good this guy is, but how good was Luai on Sunday? Ooh. It was actually the first time I saw him so active off the ball and how often he sprints left to right and vice versa after a ruck or a scrum to change up the numbers. Plus, overall, just a solid effort against a team who just had their forwards running straight at him. I'm pretty sure he was a target with that infamous photo that he had in game one. So, yeah, super mad props to Jerome Luai for that effort on uh, Origin 2. Fantastic effort. I actually heard that uh, Tarek Sims and Latrell Mitchell both were calling themselves the Bash Bros or some kind of equivalent. <laughs> and their goal was just to protect Luai. Anyone who ran at him, they flew in and smashed him. So give him that versatility on offense and not to be tired. And clearly it was needed and he worked wonders with it. How good for me, boys, is for once having a fierce backline that can actually push up on defense and actually turn defense into attack, as well as him actually being fluid and lethal on attack for a change. Gone of the days of just picking a defensive center to try and stop Queensland what they were doing. We actually picked a team that is formidable and would stack the Australian team at the moment. Just full of firepower, full of belief in each other, and just great team all round. That's a bit scary, isn't it? The uh, the Australian team at the end of the year, World Cup year and all. Scary thought. Ooh. Yeah, well, funny you say that, LJ, because they actually had a origin-formed pick team go around on the website, uh, on the internet, sorry, and they had 13 New South Wales players filling out 17 spots. Not all in the starting lineup, but damn near close. I'm pretty sure the whole backline bar Munster was New South Wales. Which is a bit of a fair call, to be honest, because Queensland are pretty fucking shit this year. So (laughs) pretty much the whole team is going to be New South Wales if if I were to pick the team on form right now, (laughs) based on that performance. Shit, they might even have to change their Australian uh, colour of their jersey. 100%. From green to blue, baby. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's make three Kiwi boys dictate how the Australians wear their uniforms this year. (laughs) And then tell them to go fuck themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, I'm I'm only 10 years away from moving over to be able to play for New South Wales, though. Ooh, topical. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How good for me, lads? You know, I was a little bit negative towards the standalone weekend, but if it is going to be a standalone origin weekend, that is the game that I want to be watching. Queensland getting an absolute hiding by the New South Wales, so really enjoyed it, loved watching it, and unfortunately the Queensland morons, sorry, <laughs> sorry I mean maroons, just didn't have a show, and New South Wales just picked up where they left off in game one and dominated. Beautiful stuff. 
Fantastic, fantastic. Now, while we're talking about Origin, I just wanted to point out, I thought that the, uh, the the forwards for New South Wales were far more superior than Game 1, especially Daniel Saifidi. I've never really been a fan of his. In fact, I used to think that his brother Jacob was a far better player and uh, when they came in together for Newcastle. But uh, he seems to be coming in his own. I always thought he was a bit too soft for Origin, but I really think that he's stepping up and he had a very, very powerful game on the weekend. So super impressed and I'll... I'll now be a fan of him, and I, I honestly think that he's origin ready. So you're going to tell me you're going to be a fan of him in Newcastle Knights colours? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Glad we cleared that <laughs> up. Only, only three games a year. Only three games Only be a year. fan. Um, I'd have to think, boys. Admittedly, Queensland were like minusculely better than what their performance in game one. Again, it was pretty even in that first arm wrestle in that first sort of 10, 20 minutes. But it looked like Queensland were just getting far too fatigued far too early. A lot of hands on hips, a lot of walking. And the Blues just kept raising the bar. Just more energy, more hype. Going back to your point, LJ, when you're talking about like the energy and defense, the D-line's moving up. They're all pushing for each other. And it's just everybody just fed off each other. It was a real vibe. <laughs> Any uh, highlights there for your squid? Uh, my highlight of that game was actually Tommy Turbo in the corner with a try-saving tackle against Xavier Coates. You know, 26-0 at that stage. Could have just let it in because it was an effort to get there and save the try. But they were just like, nah, we're going to do this. We're going to keep them to zero at all costs. And that just sort of showed the type of attitude that they had. And we've won the series from it. Speaking about attitude, it came out that Nathan Cleary actually injured his shoulder in the first 10 minutes. So they're saying half dislocation or something wrong. He's potentially out for Origin 3, potentially the season. But that attitude of he wanted to come on, he wanted to keep playing. I mean, game one, he got his face cut up, like his perfect face cut up. <laughs> uh, and then game two, he got his shoulder and he just kept coming out. Didn't know what to do. But then against a team that didn't age well, that they called themselves the worst team last year and they laughed about uh, it and they won a trophy. Well, actually, they're the worst team this year. Yeah. 76 to 6 in two games is horrific. That is not what you call origin at all. So I think Paul Gale had it off by one year so i hope he just sits there and just lets that one sit a little bit more and maybe resurface that quote just for this year old notre dame gallon eh you reckon <laughs> predicting the future not not the present i mean well technically last year they were the worst team ever and then they've just been surpassed this year by the new worst team ever <laughs> but um it's reports that uh clary actually injured his shoulder with his own chin because he looked to the left too quickly. Because uh, it hangs down so low and that big impressive jawline, he just <laughs> knocked his shoulder out of place. And um, so I think it might be something that he's a little bit used to. And he's like, ah, this old thing you know, happens all the time. And I think that's why he chose to play on and, and do it for the lads. I actually heard that the uh, Hollywood's actually calling. It's going to be one of the first blockbuster NRL films where they're actually going to be making Whiplash 2 based on that <laughs> effort on the weekend. So well done, Nathan Cleary. You might be off for a few uh, weeks to come, but God, you're going to be busy reading those scripts, man. <laughs> now time to go from heroes to zeros as we look at Muppet of the Week. Now, he's got his name in the lights all for the wrong reasons once again. This is Cameron Munster. Twice he's been called out for kicking and got off with pitiful charges. And now in Origin 2, he dropped his knees into a Blues player on the ground. Flew in with no reason. And once again, he got off with, a, I think it was like a 10 grand, maybe 5 grand fine. And that's it for like illegally kicking. Now, if you listen to the greats of Joey Johns and a few others... Kicking and tripping is the worst thing in the game. Worse than a crusher, worse than a shoulder charge. It is the most disrespectful dog act of the game. So congratulations, Munster. It's actually funny you mentioned those legends because another legend actually came out and said it was probably one of the greatest origin plays he had actually ever seen. And that man, of course, was Billy Slater. 
fellow Queensland <laughs> origin grub himself. He knows knees to the side of someone's waist very, very well, in fact. But he actually thought that it was the greatest play of the game, and Munster should have actually taken out the medal for the man of the match. He thought it yeah. was that courageous that uh, he was robbed by Teddy in the end. Word on the street is Billy Slater came second to Tedesco for that award. <laughs> now, boys, it's time for everybody's favourite intro. Ladder talk. Well, now time for a live looking at the ladder, and whoo, the heart was beating again this weekend. I know the Sharks didn't technically play, but uh, they almost lost a point. <laughs> Four and against didn't go up, so they're still just struggling on that eight, just kicking the Cowboys in knives just to keep them away. And actually, rumours are because since Dugan's been suspended, they might lose some points. So, whoo, could be out of the eight after this week. But enough about that, let's head off to true or false. Well, yes, true or false. And we're actually going to take a little bit of a different spin on true or false this week and talk about the man, the myth, the dodgy one, Ronaldo Molicello, one of your sharky boys there, LJ. But uh, boys, he was obviously named for the Queensland Origin team about a week and a half ago and uh, got all excited, jumped on a Twitch stream and announced it publicly to all his mates and they're all almost in tears, clapping away. But then uh, the day before, he actually pulled out due to some sort of dodgy ineligibility clause that may have cost the Queenslanders the win if they did happen to get themselves over. So yeah, what do you guys think of this whole Miller-Charlo situation, uh, LJ? Well, he actually did it to himself. He got interviewed Saturday night, I believe it was on a TV or radio show, and he said that he had been in Australia and Queensland since he was 14. Now that's deliberately against the main rule that you have to be in the state by 13 before you can play, before you're eligible to play for Queensland or New South Wales. Um, so he put it out there and straight away the New South Wales board picked it up and Twitter went firing and the internet went crazy and they found it out. Now what's really interesting as you delve deeper into this is that he signed five contracts over his time leading up to allow him to play for under 16s, 18s and 20s. So he has said on the first two contracts that he moved there when he was uh, 14. Then the next three contracts, he said he moved there when he was 13. Now, there's a discrepancy about 10 months, which, if you keep looking through, makes it seem like he may have made it up to push to get himself into the team. But what's also very interesting is he would have been allowed to play if he could have signed an affidavit proving that he was there before 13 and that that was the actual truth. Now, he couldn't produce the legal document, so he couldn't play. Now, I want to actually dive a little bit deeper into this, boys. And uh, Molichella was actually born in South Auckland. Now, for all those geography buffs, that's actually based in New Zealand and not Australia at all. And as LJ just mentioned, he went over to Brisbane and played uh, in Ipswich, I do believe, when he was uh, 14 years old. So this is according to Wikipedia. Now, uh, two years ago, this fella, he actually played for Samoa in the international side, but then also USA Nines in that international tournament that happened in 2019. So he's a Samoan-born Kiwi boy who moved to Australia and played for Samoa and the United States for some apparent reason. So the origin and Australian selections, I guess you can kind of call it, because next thing he's going to want to play for Australia, it just cracks me up. I just don't get it. They've probably made it a bit too confusing confusing and as you mentioned these guys have blatantly tried to create loopholes for these young fellas who are probably a lot bigger than their other players surrounding them so yeah it's, it just cracks me up and uh there's got to be an investigation into this <laughs> what do you reckon it's like what's the actual origin of his origin yeah no one even knows because pick a country <laughs> what, what flag do you like you can be you can play for them that's pretty much all it is but yeah i also think like maybe mulatalo's not fully to blame because if you get selected you know everyone's got to do their due diligence and make sure that you're actually eligible to play not just because old cuzzy bro over there said yeah man i was here before i was 13 believe me so you know it's not all on him but 
you know, they, I feel like they've got to do what they should do, or there should be some sort of list of who's eligible to play for which state. Uh, word on the street is that uh, when he answered the phone call and Paul Green actually told him he was making it, he goes, oh, too Mickey. So it's probably a dead giveaway there that he probably could have made the squad. Classy. I, I reckon it should be if you're born in a country, that's the country that you represent, or if your parents were born somewhere. But I think Australian rugby league in particular, because there's been plenty of Kiwi boys who have jumped ship from the Kiwis over to Australia right before they debut in an international World Cup or something like that. And he just falls under that category. He should, in theory, be coming over to the Kiwis, if anything. It kind of pisses me off, to be honest. But uh, Australian <laughs> rugby league, man. Yeah, I was just going to say that it rubs me the wrong way like if you want to go play origin then stick with australia and don't try and come back and be like oh no i wanted to represent that state but i want to play for new zealand it's like you have to put new zealand first if you want to play for the kiwis like you can't just pick and choose like there's guys all the time like you know i think luai he's come out and said that oh i want to play for samoa but i plan to play for new south wales like you kind of have to have one or the other in my opinion Okay, got a hypothetical question for you. The squid stags roll on, get 13 wins in a row. Suddenly you get the call up from Paul Green or Fittler. Would you drop your New Zealand ties? New South Wales. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard that they might be looking for a halfback, you know, so I better go dust the boots off. <laughs> It's just pretty hard though, like if you're thinking about it, Origin is the biggest stage and if you were chosen to play for the Kiwis who weren't great all the time or play State of Origin which is one of the biggest spectacles and you get paid more as well. I'd be leaning to Origin. I think when you're that young though, when you're 13 years old, you're not really seeing the spectacle of Origin as you see it when you're say 15 or 16. And I think there's a lack of incentive for players that aren't born and raised in Australia to actually qualify for their international team. Which is why I wanted the international round, why State of Origin is there. Instead of having a standalone game, have the rest of the countries be able to be represented in a weekend tournament or something just so that everyone can get that international footy that will stop people always just picking origin if you actually get to represent your country because if you look at it tonga a few years ago played one game every five years yeah i'd love to see the international game just explode i want more money more exposure like that's just proof in the pudding that this version of the game the international affair is it potentially could be huge we just need to capitalize on it Imagine a World Cup as big as the Rugby Union World Cup. That's where I want to be. I want to be in that crowd. Now, boys, I've got the honour of Sponsor of the Week this week, and it's something new to the market for this fitness trend. It's Uncle Ron's hit-up pills. <laughs> now, life can be a bit tough. You don't always want to lose the weight at the gym. You want to eat shitty food and drink a lot, but you want to still be able to run off the back fence and get those hit-ups. <laughs> well, Uncle Ron's got you. So Uncle Ron has this intensified laxative pill called Uncle Ron's Hit-Up Pills. So if you don't have the Uncle Ron's runs, you don't have the right <laughs> runs and you ain't going to get the right runs on the field. Now I actually saw these at my local gym this week as well. So he's doing a good job at marketing it and he's actually included an express lane to the facility. So I actually was wondering, I was scratching my head going, what the fuck is this all about? But he's actually got along the lines along the side, he's got his logo all the way across and it goes all the way through to the special little uh, cubicle. So good work on marketing. <laughs> that thing eh? because i'm starting to see it everywhere did they have the free samples at your gym there coach they did they did man and it hit me straight away eh? i was just like full burst like the little stitch up that they did was the guys were on the treadmill and they were like oh you want some runs for your runs so you know they gave them the little sample while they're and like you say it's hit some instantly and then um there was actually an unfortunate incident where somebody actually let a little thing slip and then that just kept running around the treadmill doing a loop. So it looked like not quite a racing stripe, if you know what I mean. But yeah, it's uh, 
definitely has the desired effect, like you say, LJ. It's winter, it's getting cold, you can't always make it to the gym, you need that comfort food. So Uncle Ron's pills are where it's at. Now, looking at the run sheet, boys, and you've done a great job on this one, LJ. Um, he's actually got a few locations this weekend where he's going to be handing out free samples. So if you're up there in Newcastle this weekend, go along to all the games that are played, and he's got a special offer. Just look for the red shed and the bearded bloke with the little samples. So just go up to him, say hello, and uh, have a good time because he's going to be uh, making sure that you run as fast as you can and lose that weight. What a champion. Uncle Ron says, run on down. <laughs> Now, boys, this week's antics of the week, and of course, we had the Bulldogs players. So I think there's up to five of them now who uh, went along to that hotel hotspot where COVID was a, a known hotspot. Uh, decided to go along there for whatever reason it may have been. But, boys, what do you think that reason was? The story that I heard, boys, was due to the lack of winning bonuses this year, the Bulldogs players haven't been able to pay their phone bills because they don't have the extra money lying around. So when they heard hotspot, they just thought it was a great opportunity to go get some free use of data, be able to download a couple of porno vids, and then they'll be ready for their late night antics of the week. Fantastic, but inaccurate, because I've got the real story for you. So, it was rumoured that this hotel had an unmissable event for the true T-Perts. Now you may be asking, what is a T-Pert? <laughs> a T-Pert is an enthusiast who loves high teas. Now due to <laughs> lockdown, these normally retail for 350 per person. But this high tea was 150 all up. What a bargain. So players couldn't miss out on like a nice little Earl Grey with some Turkish delight and headed down there straight away and just thought that the coaches would definitely understand being a T-Pert. Wow, yeah, absolutely. I, I never would have picked Napa being such a T-Pert, but it makes a lot of sense now. Look, look at his hair. It's fantastic. It's a gentle giant and loves his Turkish delight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I actually heard something completely different as well, and I actually have inside sources who were there at this event, and I heard that these guys were actually at an underground Pokemon Go event, boys. Uh, they heard that there was a once-in-a-lifetime raid where they get a special Pokemon. I think it was Chara Wizard or, or Neanderthal or something like that. I don't know, but they just couldn't miss out, so they just had to rush to this hotel, and uh, it was the only place you could get it, the one day only, and uh, they managed to catch it too, but they, of course, breached the, uh, the New South Wales government guidelines not to go into this hotel got to say they're idiots but at least they caught their pokemons and you got to catch them all now on to the next topic boys let's get ready to rumble <laughs> oh i like it i like it this week lads or sorry just today it's come out that obviously clary's been injured we've got game three coming up we've got the rest of the season so just give me your thoughts lads on this so are the penrith panthers premiership hopes shattered if nathan clary requires surgery from this injury Oh, I'll kick this one off. I think, yes, I feel I could bow out. I mean, they do have a strong enough team and Bernard could step up, but also it puts my dream team in a bit of an issue because he's a million dollars sitting there and that's another trade I'm going to have to make. Kosh. I think this year they've always been talking about the Panthers' depth as well. So I'm with you. I think if Burden goes into the halves and then they find someone solid who can go into that centre position, they might still have hope, have Luai leading the team and maybe get Burden just to come up with all the plays. But it's going to be tough and it potentially could be game over for them. But maybe they can do it if they just get the right selections. Interesting thoughts. And like you said earlier about Luai, just what he does on the field, it'll be interesting to see whether he can alternate from that roaming role into more of a steady the ship kind of roll. Okay, so Origin Talk. Clear is out game three. Who's coming in to replace him? The first names that they've been talking about at the moment are Adam Reynolds and Mitchell Moses for game three. Oh, I feel like it's hard to look past Jack Whiten. Like, you've just won two games. Don't you really want to give him a chance in the halves? Bring someone else onto the bench. He has been there. He's been there for the four weeks of training or whatever it is. I'd put him there, but if not, Moses would be my second option. 
it's going to be hard to replace Clary in general just from the game that he plays. But I think the player who is most like him would be Reynolds. But I don't think Reynolds should be coming into Origin. So of those two, Moses. But maybe Wyden could be a good choice as well. But I kind of like where Wyden's been at, which has been on the bench. <laughs> yeah, I mean, both viable options. I don't really see anybody outside of those two. Good call, maybe, um, LJ with Wyden. You know, seeing he's already in the squad... Luai is playing for the Penrith Panthers in seven this week. So maybe let's see how he performs there and they could just slot him from six to seven and that would actually be ideal for Whiten to come into the team. So good thoughts. Um, so we're saying that the Penrith Panthers shots could be damaged a little bit. So do you reckon this really encourages the other top one tier teams other than the Storm that they could actually be the ones that are playing in that grand final at the end of the year? And if so, who's really going to be the one to step up? There's been talk that the Rabbitohs are going to be starting to fire up now as well. So they could be a heater, but I am, and you did say don't mention the Storm, but I think the Storm do have the biggest opportunity to take this premiership with Pappenhauser not coming back until round 20. So the fact that he's still yet to come back and they've got the team that they have, they might be winning a premiership this year. But having the Rabbits as my second team in the NRL from when I was young, I really hope that the Rabbits can fire up and uh, maybe take out a surprise premiership that everyone wrote them off. I think they got two games where they got slaughtered by 50 points and no team has ever won the premiership with one game of over 50 points scored against them. So it'd be a surprise and uh, let's hope they can do it because fuck the Storm. I don't want them winning another premiership. It could also be a time for the Eels to fire up. Yeah. Suddenly Mitchell Moses is playing for Origin 3. Marco Sivo's back after running over some people. I don't know what he got suspended for. I just assumed just from running over someone. Uh, but really, this is their chance. And they play the Panthers this weekend. Mm. Really hit them where it hurts. Which is actually my game of the round. Now, it's my game of the round because it is two of the heavy hitters. But it is really, I see it as the Moses audition tape. If you can take out the other half who's playing Origin, that's your way in. Coach, who have you got? Uh, for my game of the round this weekend, it's got to be Warriors versus the Dragons. Uh, not for the Dragons, but more so for the Warriors. <laughs> Just when you think that they're entirely shit and they're ridden off. I actually thought this was weeks ago, but of course on last week's podcast, uh, Squiddy just came to that conclusion. But they've come back and given us a little bit of hope. They've signed Big Bad Chad and of course Dragon Ball Z. So DWZ, he's coming to the side as well. So with those two players, they might be exciting enough and solid enough to actually sneak us into the eight. And from there... Anything is possible. Now for me, boys, my game of the round is the Rooters versus the Storm. Kicking off Thursday night, setting up for a big weekend of league. We've got two Tier 1 teams going head-to-head. Now I'm expecting them to set the bar high, and then hopefully that the rest of the teams will follow. So that's why I want Thursday night, game of the round, big start, last goal. Absolutely, that's going to be an absolute blockbuster. And speaking of that game, in our 1v1, I've actually picked Joseph Manu versus Justin Ollum. Two of probably the best and only good centres in the game, bar one other, which I'll mention a little bit later. But these two are going to be showing off their skills and really prove who is the best centre in the game. Um, They're going to be showing the punters exactly what skills they have, and I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. So I'm really, really looking forward to this one. Yeah, I agree, Coach. That'll be an absolute beautiful uh, one-on-one going over there. This week for me, boys, I've got Luai versus Moses. LJ, you already mentioned that it's the audition tape. And the funny thing is that they just happen to come up against each other, yet they could be the pairing for game three. So I really think that Luai is going to want to assert his dominance to say, look, you're going to be my understudy in game three if you get picked, where Moses is like, I'm going to put my hand up and I'm going to force you guys to pick me. So I think this will be a great watch. Well, for me, boys, we've got the return of the great Katoni Staggs donning a Brisbane Broncos jersey for the first time this season versus Jesse Ramen Noodles from the Sharks. 
Now there's apparently only two centers that are worthy of being greats out there at the moment, so this is a solid battle for third. Now really hoping that ramen noodles gets a few meat pies or some ramen and just really does a job on Katoni. Let's just hope that he doesn't summon a uh, Debbie's Donuts. That's the Ooh. one thing he does want to look out for. And speaking of Debbie's Donuts, we've got a special super duper party pack from Debbie's Donuts for the Queensland Origin side, who of course went down zero points on the board, which is the first one I can remember in a very, very long time, actually. So well done to the Queensland morons. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Maroons. Uh, you've walked away with a 30 ultra party pack from Debbie's Donuts. Booyah! <laughs> Booyah indeed. Now, my player to watch this week, boys, is Big Bad Chad himself. Big Bad. Now, I said last... <laughs> I said last last podcast that I was a little bit wary of them signing. I was like, why do we need him? All that sort of stuff. Um, but he come out and said, he's like, I know the club. I know the culture. I've got the jersey hanging up in my house. So maybe he's got something to offer. And it's going to be interesting to see now that Chanel Tavita Harris is actually only going to be out for four weeks. So Chad's actually not going to be given a spot. He's actually going to have to come out and earn it. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do in a month before CHT comes back. And hopefully it's just going to be beneficial to the boys and, you know, maybe a push for that eight spot. Doubt it. But, you know, we can always hope. Yeah, man, I've always rated Big Bad Chad. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to this one. Big fan of him. <laughs> Big Bad! <laughs> Now, speaking of coming out of the wilderness, Brent Naden has made his return for eight months from hibernation. Going to start calling him Little Bear Naden as he's been hibernating for eight months. So yeah. you're going to give him a little chance and throw him on the wing. Now, it'll be interesting because he is a centre. He's trying to make himself known and he has signed for the Bulldogs next year. So he really needs to get some games under his belt if he wants to be in the playoff team. But yeah, he's my player to watch because he's got it all to lose. We've actually been saying quite a lot this season between us, and it's been crazy that he hasn't been able to be named in the in the starting lineup. So he gets us his chance this weekend, and I'm actually looking forward to it. Good on you, big Naden, big Nado, Nado. Now for me, boys, the boys back, the man, the headgear, the legend, the Viking. Croker, Squid's favourite player, is back in the NRL this weekend. The third best centre in the game. <laughs> Hopefully he's pushing to become the first centre of the game like he was a few years ago. But Croker is back for the Raiders. Tell this is now. when the Raiders put their wheels back <laughs> on the cart and start moving their way into the top eight and kicking those filthy bloody dragons out of it. Come on, Croker. Bring it back, baby. Let's go. What are your thoughts on him, Squid? Oh, mate. He's just an absolute piece of headgear. I tell you that much. Um, it'll be it'll really prove to see if he's actually a good a leader as they think he is, or if he's just been lucky enough to get picked early on in a decent time. Decent team, sorry. But I, just, I can't see it. I think it's too little too late for the green machine. And I think Choker will just have um, nothing to do with anything, to be honest. Well, he is the milk toast of the NRL. <laughs> Well, they are sponsored by a milk company, so let's go. <laughs> now, boys, it is time for TAB. TAB. Yes, TAB time. Now, let's use all those winnings we pulled up from Origin and put them back. Now, you've already probably got a few houses from Coach, but just to get that anytime try score off your list, Nico Hines. I reckon he's going to score two, so one and a half, but he will be an anytime try scorer. And Remus Smith for first try scorer. What have you got, Squid? Yeah, I. Pretty hard to go past uh, Josh Adokar, the Fox. I mean, first and last try scorer in Origin after going two games without actually scoring, which is seems kind of ridiculous considering he's the leading try scorer of the NRL this season. So I feel like he's uh, got that white line fever. 
and um, he'll just he'll just continue to keep it up. Now, boys, for my wild card, and you guys know how confident I am with this section. Uh, well, have I got a secret for you, boys? A little confession, you might say. But uh, of the 16 rounds of NRL and the two games of Origin, I've actually lost 16 houses this year. But I've won two. I've won back two of them. But this weekend, guys, I'm going to put all two of those houses on the table, and I'm going to go for that Rooters game. And vicious Sam Verrills, the hooker in the middle, he's going to try and outdo the cheese, and he's going to score a try right beneath the post. So I'm going to chuck all my houses. I'm going to win them all back, boys. I'm going to win them all back. What are you saying, Coach, that uh, mozzarella cheese is going to be turned into Swiss cheese this week? Oh, nice one. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. Now, boys, that actually brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Guys, what a week. What a week. We've got round 17 coming up ahead. We are pumped. Cannot wait. Everyone, thank you so much, as always, for listening out. We've actually had a lot of really positive feedback this week on the podcast. So thank you very much. And keep listening out. Keep sharing it with your friends and uh, help us grow this beautiful podcast. We'll see you next week, though, right here on the NRL Back 3 podcast. (laughs) Queensland. (laughs) It's a good joke.